Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It's a lovely Friday here. It's gorgeous. We, we jumped right into it. Last week at this time, it was like 30 degrees and raining in I Pittsburgh. guess it was. That was just one week ago, huh? Like, you know, overnight frosts and things of that nature yeah, were still yeah. happening. And now it's like 90 degrees. Yeah, it's all like week 90 long. degrees. I actually got the, <laughs> the text from the fam. Get the fans out of the windows. We're closing it up. Air conditioned time. Yeah, wow, I told my that wife that last night. I'm like, it quick. might be time to turn on the air conditioning. Yeah, She's like, hot out. we were getting freezes last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's beautiful out though. Uh, but uh, yeah, lots of stuff happening around the league. Uh, interesting Some rumors to, and uh, the Julio Jones stuff mm-hmm. going on. Uh, the, the maybe possibly moving on from him. Um, people thinking that maybe the Ravens will will jump into that market. Maybe the Patriots. I see New England. You have to give – I don't know what you give up for Julio Jones, though, at this point. It's funny. I had a long conversation about this whole situation on my podcast today, and the, some of the the teams mentioned don't make sense to me. Baltimore, San Francisco, those two don't make much sense to me. Green Bay makes sense to me. Yeah. But I think the only way to do it, because they don't have a ton of cap space, is we got to make nice with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to get you Julio, but we need you to restructure. You need, like, some contract cooperation from Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to be, you know, super open to that? No. <laughs> Probably not. Well, but you got him Julio Jones. But so if you make, get him Julio yeah. Jones, then everybody kisses and makes nice. And I was even taking it a step further. If you were Green Bay, would you consider sending Jordan Love for Julio Jones? I mean, I might want a, a fourth-round pick back as well or something, but – that's pretty appealing if you're Atlanta. I mean, you don't have any – he's not expensive cap-wise. You didn't get your, your quarterback, you know. So that one kind of adds up to me. Um, and then the AFC, I've heard the Raiders, and I'm sure they're always interested in stuff like that. I think New England just screams Julio, especially with some Bama ties. They made that trade for Sanu with Atlanta last year. And then one I think would really change the balance of power in the AFC South is the Colts or Titans. Or two names I've heard. I mean, if one of those guys got Julio, that might be enough for me to say. Here's the problem. I, I don't think the Titans could afford him. They, they got problems. The Colts can. The Colts can. The he's, Patriots can. He's $15.3 million in base salary this year. Mm-hmm. He's also got a $2.75 million option. I think that's probably already picked up by mm-hmm. the by the Falcons. So it's $15.3 million against this the year. cap yeah. this year for a 32-year-old year receiver. 
to me, the Patriots, if, if, if the Patriots calling on the Falcons, I'm like, well, you gave me a two last year for Sanu or two years ago for Sanu. It's a different staff in Atlanta. I gotta have more than it's got to be more than a two, right? See, yeah, I think we, the two is what it's what the deal is. I mean, I, I think everyone knows that Atlanta's in such bad cap situation that they can hardly even like get their pick signed. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine. I hear what you're saying, but if I'm Belichick, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not happy. I gave you a two. Right. <laughs> I did. You know, I mean, I uh, it didn't work out. Um, and they're two different situations. You know, they overpaid for Sanu. Um, I think a two, if I'm Atlanta, would get it done. I'm looking here at, it's, at uh, Julio Jones' contract. It's not that bad. It's it's not. For the new team. For the new team. Right. For the, the for Falcons. Atlanta, it's, it's awful. It's 40, $40.5 million in, in dead cap space if you get rid of him. <laughs> right. You're like, better off just keeping him. Why, you I don't, guess they're so strapped that they can't get their their, their draft pick signed, though, is the way that I read it. I mean, it. Here, here's the thing. His cap hit is $23 million this year. Mm-hmm. But his dead cap hit, if he's not on the team, is 40 and a half. So you're, 40 and a half. you're losing cap space. Yeah, yeah, you are. So that yeah. doesn't do you any good. I'm trying to figure out how that adds up then and why they Unless the, the, other, the other thing that they could do would be to extend Julio Jones mm-hmm. and give him some, you know, Let's, we're just going to extend you and give you some some you know dummy years at the end of this. To just yeah, to get that number down. Yeah, get some voidables on there uh, because he signed through twenty twenty three. Right, and the contract's not terrible for the new team. Right, you know, I mean, assuming he's still now next close year. To the player. Next year, his dead cap number goes down to seventeen and a half million on it with an eleven and a half million dollar salary. Okay. Next year, you could afford to move on. Well, from isn't that after? Isn't June first at all? Well, you could eat. You could take half of that. That like so, you'd cut. You'd trim twenty million of that dead cap space okay. off this year. Because I knew he couldn't move until after June. But 1st. you're pushing some of that into next year, then. Right. And it does you know? Yeah. Wrong. Now you're right. you're just pushing the problem down the road. For, you're going to be paying a you know. And they restructured Matt Ryan to kind a bunch of, of money next reason. year for a guy who's not on your roster. Right. No, I hear you. It's a mess. I mean, I, I guess they're the worst cap situation in the league because they don't have a lot of guys that they can move things around with either. The other name I heard from their roster was, is Grady Jarrett, the undersized, really productive defensive tackle. But I guess whoever his agent is isn't a restructurer. <laughs> like, okay, great. Well, well, I mean, I that's something. Him. That's something where you know, Grady Jarrett, you, you you go to him directly and say, "Hey, Grady, we want to give you here's a big check. We're going to give you a big check right now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Your 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 agent's also going to get said big check right now. <laughs> right, right. You this need to talk to him here. And we need to we need agent. this cap space. We need this cap space. I mean, yeah, yeah. you want to keep Julio around or take one, this isn't taking one. Like people think that when the the a player restructures his contract, he's doing the team a favor. They're actually doing him a favor. Everyone's it's a favor for all. Yeah. I mean, any player should say yes. You get your you get your Entire or most of your check right now. Yeah, right. I mean, in, in a lump sum. If you bought a U.S. savings bond and got it two percent interest or whatever, you're making more you're money than you would have. Chunk now as yeah. opposed to every week, and, and it also guarantee pretty much guarantees you that you're going to be wealthy. You know, like you're and you're going to be yeah, you're, you're going to be on right, the team. Job security and yeah. all those things too. So no, it, it's a it's a present for the the player. Yeah, you know, you, actually, maybe you call Grady Jarrett's wife. It's <laughs> mom or Mrs. Kids, Jarrett, right, would you yeah. like uh, ten million dollars right now? Check made out to you that <laughs> Grady's agent isn't grabbing. Can you come yeah. pick it up? <laughs> yes, sir. On it. 
Um, it sounds like Julio's getting traded, though. I mean, I don't quite understand the numbers. I know it's going to be an after June. First well, there's got to be some there's some kind of value to, in it for the for the Falcons, or they wouldn't be doing no, it. No, no, they're and not. I don't they're not sick of the player. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, another interesting thing happening. Uh, we mentioned it on Wednesday uh, that Morgan Moses with the uh, yeah. Washington football team uh, was earlier in the week was granted a permission to seek a trade. Obviously, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've released him. That shocked me a little bit, too. I mean, a lot of these tackles moving post-draft. You know, Villanueva is one that we obviously knew and kind of saw coming. But Chicago trades up for Jenkins after they took Fields. And then they cut Leno, which I thought didn't make sense to me. I had to cut Jimmy Graham and, you know, kept Leno around and gone with Jenkins. You never have enough linemen. Never have enough linemen. I'm not sure if their line got better. It got younger. And then Leno gets quickly picked up by Washington, who has the uh, the dude from LSU last year, the fourth-round pick. He started for them. He had some off-the-field issues. And they drafted Cosme. But you have to get rid of Moses. I mean, he's a starting right tackle. He's going to be a starting right tackle somewhere this year. Yeah, he was making a decent buck. He was. He was. But yeah. he's been durable. Yeah, he's been um, reliable. Yeah, he's right. started like you know, 100 straight games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a pro bowler. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's a starter. Yeah. Um, if, if I were the Steelers, I'd at least give him a call and say, hey, what are you looking for here? Hmm. I hadn't even thought of that connection. I always keep thinking corners and outside linebackers for the Steelers, but it's not bad. I mean, he's a pure right. Right. Which is fine. You know, Banner's played both. Yeah. Chooks has played both. Um, he might be, I don't want to say he's their best tackle, but... He's the most furred in the handish. I mean, I know right. what he is. Yeah, I mean, and he's a quality player. I mean, if you think if the Ravens Physical. had the Ravens had known that the the Washington was going to release Morgan Moses, they move on Villanueva. That's a great point. I'd much rather have Moses. I'd, I'd rather have Moses, who's playing his natural position, as opposed and to he's Villanueva. a better run blocker. Yeah, he's the more physical, powerful player. Too. Yeah, you know, the more prototypical right. Like tackle. if you're the Steelers and you look at that, and you go, okay, we we could sign him, put him at right tackle. Move Banner over to left tackle. Let him compete with with, yeah, with Chooks over there. Right. And all of a sudden, you're you're you know, let's say if Banner wins that left tackle job, your run blocking got a whole lot different. A whole lot different. I'd even consider. Would you consider signing him a two year deal? Potentially, yeah. yeah. Because you, you know, because then you kind of eliminate that need for yeah. next year if if you thought there was. Now, one, what I what I don't know is how guy. well he would fit into his own blocking. Right. You know, it, does he fit with what you want to do? I don't know that 100%, but they did resign Banner quickly. Yeah. He was moved better than people think, but he's a masher, I mean, at heart. Right. So I'm not sure that stuff's as, as defined as it used to be. I yeah. mean, even the Shanahan's of the world, yeah, they're a heavy zone team, but it's not like they don't run, you know, other stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not no, and this And that's the thing. The Steelers are still going to run power packages. And, oh, yeah. You know, even in college. Double teams. Yeah. And, you, know, right. um, you look at Najee Harris's stats from last year. Bama split split it up about fifty fifty in his in his zone mm-hmm. runs and his in his power runs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so you're going to do that, and boy, you might do it better if you sign a guy like that. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that option at all for Pittsburgh, and was kind of shocked they couldn't trade him. I mean, I guess it's a financial thing, and there's not he, a lot of teams. That he was making like nine and a half or something yeah. like that, or ten. Um, you know, you're not going to trade for that. When no, be, there's not many teams that have a lot of yeah, you know, it's, open space. Now you can sign him. If, you know, maybe he costs you four this year. Yeah, I was thinking like. Nine million over two years with a little bit of a bonus, something yeah. like that, and maybe even 
uh, you know, you plug him in at right tackle, but that doesn't mean he can't lose his job a year from now or, you know, Chooks is awesome or, you know, somebody yeah. who shines in camp that he doesn't even I mean, win the job. Again, it would make you a better football team, I think. Mm-hmm. It would, and it would certainly help physicality, short yardage, some of the things that have been problems with yeah, the people run talking, game. People talking, I think if the Steelers made a move like that, suddenly their offensive line would look, people would be going, oh, okay, they, they upgraded their offensive line. Right, Moses next to the Castros, like, yeah. there's two pros, yeah. you know, and then three other spots need to shake themselves out. And I think, I mean, I think I think everybody I think at least already shaken out. Everybody in Pittsburgh loves Dotson. I don't think mm-hmm. he gets the respect nationally that. Right, right, right. And the team know. loves them, obviously. Yeah. They're, they're, so, really, you're fighting, you know, a, a rookie versus Finney at center. And just like last year, a, a Banner versus Chooks battle at left tackle. And you have Haig, you know, that's a bird in the hand that could play probably any of the four spots besides center. And, you know, you drafted uh, more, too. So, see what he does. But you'd love to redshirt him for the season. They're not big names, I mean, besides DeCastro, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I kind of like your idea there. Uh, to your point on that, I did a little deep dive uh, into Najee Harris. Uh, the people who are still saying uh, that Najee Harris shouldn't have been the Steelers pick. I actually went back. I looked at what – here's what Mel Kuyper said last year when, when the Kansas City drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. I don't know what he said, but everybody was raving. Oh, no, Rich was, just yeah. got richer. They're oh, so yeah. smart. Andy Reid, you know, right. Uh, to quote Mel, he said – He's a perfect fit for Andy Reid's offense, which will be scary again in 2020. That's what he said about right. uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of- with the 32nd pick last year. Now, all of a sudden, here's what he had to say about the Steelers' selection of Najee Harris. Eight picks earlier than what this— Right, right. right. So, uh, not a huge difference there. This one's tough for me because I'm a big fan of Najee Harris, but I'm almost always against taking a running back in the first round. Well, you weren't last year, Mel. <laughs> Round one is too valuable. Harris needs to be a superstar every down back for this to work out. Okay. Well, I think that's what they think he is. Right. Certainly an every down back. I mean, I think he, we already know he's an every down back. Do we know he's a superstar? No, but we, we, they, Mel, all like the player. Here's the thing. Clyde Edwards Hilaire last year, and this is through Football Outsiders DVOA rankings for running backs, mm-hmm. was 33rd in the league. In, nah, in DVOA right, among right. running backs, that was one spot ahead of James Conner, yeah, who okay. was thirty fourth. Wow. Uh, James Conner w- had a, a minus uh, what was a minus seven point five rating in that zero is average. Zero is flat out average. Yeah, yeah. and these are all with you know somewhat of a sample size you mentioned before, yeah. like two hundred carries or more or something like that. Yeah, it was a hundred carries. Hundred carries yeah. or more. Okay. Um, Benny Snell, the Steelers' primary backup last year, was a minus 26.3. Who? Which was 46th out of the 47 qualifying running backs. I think the, the guy who was last was the Chargers rookie. Uh, oh, it was. Definitely the UCLA kid. Yeah. He was yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you go and you get. Kelly. You, yeah. Joshua Kelly. You make the move to get Najee Harris, who mm-hmm. I think we would both agree, even though we liked Clyde Edwards Hilaire in last year's draft. If I'm drafting, if I have the pick between Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Najee Harris, I'm taking Najee Harris every time. Especially the Steelers. Yes. I, I could see where Kansas City might not, but they probably would too. They would but have I taken Najee see, Harris too. They would. <laughs> yeah, they would. But, but I can see what Kansas City saw in Edwards-Hilaire yeah. compared to Dobbins and Taylor and those other guys. I'm sure they saw Westbrook, Eagles, Andy Reid together. Great. 
and they also were a little bit of hubris there. We don't really need anything. We'll just right. take this we're just taking this weapon yeah. guy, kind of like the ATN pick a little bit too. But you ask the Steelers, I don't even think they would consider Edward Solaire if he would have been in this draft at twenty. The Chiefs didn't use him as an every down back. No, he doesn't no. run. He doesn't. He doesn't get the ball in short yardage. He no. doesn't get the ball at the goal line. No, you can't use him in all third down situations because he can't block. He's terrible in protection. And yeah, that then it becomes a tell, and you know he's not you know staying in the block. Right. And then that you don't want Kelsey to stay in the block. You know, and so <laughs> then you have a five man protection, and oh by the way your line was bad. And you know, yeah. so, and it's, people figure these things out pretty quick. Um, and even with Damian Harris not in the mix. I mean, that was their best guy, and then he opted out with COVID. Right. So he would have played even more probably. Which is right? why they made the move for Le'Veon Bell, even though they right. ended up not using him a lot down the stretch. Really there were times where during the season where, he, you know, they did use him as their third down back or their, you know. Sure, because Bell like, can protect and he can play do short yardage. Yeah. He, he ain't what he used to be, but, you know, again, and Bell's a lot more like Harris. Now, there were people, of course, and there's still some people who said, well, the Steelers should have went and drafted an offensive lineman instead. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what, what Mel and some of these other people who were grading the Steelers were looking at. Well, they, they, they need offensive linemen. They need offensive line help. Minnesota's offensive line last year. Oh, that's a great example. The tackles were Riley Reef and Brian O'Neill. And those two were okay. The center was Garrett Bradbury. Former first-round pick who's getting better but is a work in progress. Guards were the, maybe the worst position group in the NFL. The one guard was Dakota Dozier, and then they started four other guys at right guard. Yeah, they were just searching. So this offseason, they get rid of Reef. They get rid of Dozier in their mm-hmm. starting lineup. Reef is now a right tackle for the Bengals. And they had Christian Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis. Yeah. Two premium picks on that offensive line. Both of whom are going to start from jump. Here's the thing. The Vikings' offensive line last year ranked 18th, according to Football Outsiders, in run blocking. Okay. But they, the guards were really bad. They were 29th in pass blocking. But, according to Football Outsiders, they were number one in adjusted line yards and number five in running back yards. Why is that? Why is that? Well, they had Dalvin Cook. <laughs> who I bet who, on their DVOA ratings is pretty high. was really high. And certainly higher than Connor and Snell. The, the Vikings averaged 142.7 rushing yards per game last year. That was fifth in the league. Yeah. With an average, average offensive line in terms of in terms of what the run blocking was. Oh, yeah. How much better if you put Dalvin Cook behind the Steelers' offensive line last year? Compared to what they Compared played Compared to with. what they played with. Yes. And I, I just did my running back ranks, and, and you can find them on, online, and we talked about them. And when I dug into them – I realized also on a per game basis, only Derrick Henry averaged more yards than Cook. He had 111 yards per game per last year. Game. He missed two games. He missed two games, and he's you know, durability's a little bit of an issue with him. But he's an unbelievably productive running back, and a lot of things to unpeel there too. Like with two real holes in the offensive line. Another thing about the Vikings, you know, I'm a big yards per play guy. The Vikings were at the very top of the league offensively yards per play. Right. And coincidentally, were at the bottom of the league defensively. Well, Cook didn't hurt that because Cook averaged five yards a carry. Right. Well, he did help. I mean, yeah. he's part of the, I mean, the he offense. Did, he didn't hurt great. that, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was without great offensive line play. The two games where he was out in Alexander Madison, who averaged four and a half yards a carry last year. Mm-hmm. And he's fine. I mean, the two games that he had to start, he averaged 3.9 yards a carry. There's a difference. To there was a difference of guy. being the guy right, as right, opposed right. to I'm going to come in after Cook has worn the other team down for most of yep. the game. I'm coming in and I'm going to, you know, sure. here I am in the fourth quarter. We've got the lead and I'm just going to run the football here and you can't tackle me. 
I think you'd agree the Steelers would have sure liked to have Madison last oh, year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let alone a top 10 back like Cook and what we think Harris is. Um, the other thing, which is really hard to judge, and even the, the football outsiders and analytics folks probably don't have a good feel for, if I'm playing the Vikes, I'm playing different defense if Cook's in there versus Madison. Absolutely. After Jefferson Because Cook Thielen, catches the ball well, too. He catches the ball extremely well. So I'm going to have light, active linebackers to, to deal with him. I'm certainly going to back off the line of scrimmage yep. once Jefferson emerges a stud and Thielen's a star. You know, so I'm going to make life easier for Madison to run the ball than I did for Cook. Yeah, and he still didn't do it half as well. It's it's the it's the Jerome Bettis versus Richard Huntley argument. Sure, you know Richard Huntley averaged like six Bell yards a, or, six yeah. yards a carry. Uh, in like so two, he's better. In like 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bill Cowher decides, hey, we're going to try to give him, we're going to try to make him the starter and move on from Jerome. At the end of the day, at the, by the end of the season, they're back to Jerome again because they realize that Richard Huntley was not an every down running back. And, and yards per carry is not the best number to me, yeah. especially if you're a Bettis. Especially because... if you're a third, you're a guy who's on the field a lot in third downs, which right. Bettis was not. But she's not, right. You know, you're, you're breaking up. eight and you get a six yard gain. Or third and twenty, and they let you get fifteen. Right, 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 right. <laughs> against time. Yeah, right. Or, I mean, I know it's only thirty, forty carries a game, but it's fourth and one, or on your on the one go, you know one yard yeah. line, and you know he's never going to break the eighty if the, just to skew the whole right. thing. Like my did my running back list. Miles Sanders was near the top of the league in yards uh, per carry. He didn't have a great year, and if you remember against Steelers, he busted off an 80 yarder. Right. You know, if he takes one year run out of there, it goes down, th- you know, three tenths of a, a yard. Well, that was one of the arguments I somebody made with me with Connor, you know, because I mentioned that you know James Connor averaged 4.3 yards a carry last year mm-hmm. behind this supposedly awful uh, offensive line, and it wasn't good. I'm not. Yeah, I'm no, not pretending it's, it's it was. It's not great. You know, it's not what it used to be. But, but he averaged 4.3 yards a carry, and the rest of the running backs on the roster averaged 3.1 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. And and we can all skew stats and you know the, the, I don't forget the saying about stats and lies and all those things. About it. But that that also passes the eyeball test. Yeah. You know, you watch McFarland run and especially Snell versus Connor on a good day. Connor, he's much better than those guys. Yeah. And anyone out there watching or listening, let alone you know the, the Steelers running back coach and offensive coordinator, can watch Najee versus. Connor on a good day, and the gap's just as big. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, so. You're, so you're talking about a guy who was the 34th best running back in the league last year. Mm-hmm. This is through the analytics because that's what we're be told. It's you got to follow the analytics on this. Sure. If Najee Harris is 17th or better, if he's half as much yeah. better than Connor, they're a much better football team. They're a much better football team. It's easier on the defense. You convert more. Uh, you know, short yardage situations. You, you score some more touchdowns. Your play calling becomes different. You you would hope that you know the deep ball opens itself up a little bit more as well. Maybe play actions more uh, more useful. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of ripple effects to having that guy in the backfield. And frankly, I've heard a lot of fantasy people that I respect saying, "I'm going to draft Najee Harris really high." He'll probably average 3.8 yards a carry behind this terrible line, and but he's going to get volume. Even if that happens, that's still okay. Right, because <laughs> he's still going to also, also going to catch 50 and, passes. Right, right, right. I mean, if he's getting volume, things are going well. But there was also, like, the, one of the – No, I don't think so either. Right. One of the arguments that, that, that was raised was, well, if you take out uh, James Conner's two best runs of last year, he averaged 3.7 yards a carry. 
but you, yeah. you don't get to do that. Yeah. Those runs happen. They count. It'd be different if it was a 20 carry sample size. Right. You know, if it's 100 or more, you can't take out – you can take out five worst. Two, I said, or, the, the, okay, know. so if we do the same thing and we take out Anthony McFarland's best run from last year, he averaged 2.7 yards a carry. <laughs> it's horrific, right, right, right. yeah. It's back to my Miles Sanders argument. Who's well, and, and a better back than these guys. Interesting that you bring up Miles Sanders because guess who was fifteenth in the league last year? He's league average. He was league. league a, he was a league average running back in mm-hmm. terms of the DVOA. And by the way, their offensive line was horrible too. Yeah, it was just riddled with injuries. Barrett Brooks, all these guys missed a lot of time. And what would he have looked like under you know? If you put a, put Miles Sanders in the Steelers' offense last year, it would have been a lot better. And I think Najee is better than Miles Sanders. The average players last year, the, the two guys who were at, at league at, at closest to zero, were Adrian Peterson and Kareem Hunt. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would take Najee Harris age aside over either one of those guys right now. Without question. Without question. Especially when you factor in the passing game with Peterson. I mean, Peterson's a shell what he used to be. He's a special specimen but I think Najee is as well you know I yeah. mean, he's no slouch um you know Kareem Hunt's a really good player on what I think is the best offensive line in the league but he was it's almost like the same conversation in Cleveland that I bet they're having is boy we really like having Hunt involved but Chubb's so much better Chubb's better <laughs> so Chubb's just better. better and you see the difference when they have him and when they don't right like Hunt's a great backup it's great and he would start for a lot of teams around the league. Yep. But, you know, the, the Steelers would have loved to have Kareem Hunt last year. Absolutely. And they still might have drafted But Hunt. he's not Nick Chubb. And he's not Nick Chubb. You know, like, <laughs> Nick Chubb goes out of the lineup and in comes Hunt. Cam Hayward and Tewitt and Bush go, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. That's much better. Get that other guy. He's not going to run away harder. from us like the other guy is. Right. Right. Um, could you do me a favor and pull up the draft from this year, drafthistory.com or whatever, because – I understand the argument of Steelers should have taken an offensive lineman instead of a running back. That's fine. We've talked about this a million times. That's fine in a nutshell, not in the real world. And when we were live on the air, I kind of shrugged a sigh of relief when Darisaw went to pick before Steelers because they didn't, didn't have to have make a decision. Yeah. They didn't have to have that conversation over and over. But if you if you look at the first round, there's a huge gap from Darisaw at 23, Harris at 24. Until the next lineman. So, whoever the Steelers' favorite lineman was at that time, we don't know who that is, but we know what the league thought of the line group. There were six taken. There were six gone. Yeah. So, you're getting a seven. The difference between six and seven was uh, the next guy taken was Landon Dickerson at 37. I mean, it's a big gap. I mean, we had half a round of NFL draft go by without an offensive lineman being taken. To teams that needed them, like Baltimore. I mean, like you know, all these playoff teams and early round picks that you know that needed offensive linemen. Don't, don't tell me all those teams didn't have offensive line needs. Yeah, the next offensive tackle taken was Tevin Jenkins at thirty nine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. like so, even if you want to say they should have taken a lineman instead of a running back, I I, I get that argument, and I, and I think there's a, a strong case for it. Well, which one? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're and that, gonna take one. that was take with a rounder. that was with Alex Leatherwood going at 17, which was a mm-hmm. surprise to a lot of people. Good point. Good point. And, and even the Steelers love Leatherwood. Were they taking him at 24? Probably not. Right. And so, in this particular draft, didn't work out that way. They didn't. They weren't going to trade up for one. They they weren't in a position to trade up. Let's I mean, put it this way: 
all the th- all three of the top running backs were taken before that next offensive lineman went. Good point. Good point. Right. I mean, there were three. The backs league told us what they thought of that. And you talk about gaps. Yeah. What, what's the gap from Javante at the very early second? To th- I think Sermon was the fourth one off the board. It was a full round. It was at least a, yeah. It was I mean, actually it was, about a round and a half. It's more than that, right? Yeah. It's Fifty picks or forty picks. So we said it going into the draft. There's three backs that are worth it. I'm not even sure ATN would have been in in the in the equation at 24. I think he's too much like Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I mean, they're they're pl- they're they're you, they're trying him out at wide receiver in Jacksonville, right? To right. work on his route running. They're working on his route running, which to me, I, I didn't look too much into that. But I mean, they have Robinson, who they probably like. Yeah, I'm sure Urban Meyer sees a lot of Percy Harvin in ATN, but you've been to mini camps and some of these things too. It's hard to do running back things. I mean, yeah. it might be more valuable to go run routes with the receivers. Nobody's, you're not making anybody miss. You know, there's no right. blocking. There's not, you know, yeah. go run receiver routes and learn something. Now you might learn some protections and things like that sure. You know, those sure. kind of things because you're you're doing some stuff live, but some yeah. mental reps. But it, yeah. it didn't. I didn't look too much into that situation. Like this guy's only going to line up and he's going to get carries. He's going to get yeah. yeah. He's yeah. going to play yeah. running back. Then the ideas are going to use him as a third down. Mm-hmm. back kind of guy so yeah maybe you want him to hey we want you running out of the slot a lot because that's where you're going to be at mm-hmm. uh, on third downs like i don't think when training camp opens atms and go to the wide receiver room no, <laughs> you no know what I, mean? I agree i mean these, working these out with the receivers to become a better receiver right when they're in padded practices yeah. playing 11 on 11 and stuff like that i mean he's going to be in the backfield right i agree but uh, that's going to do it for this uh, segment of the drive here on steelers nation radio so for my partner matt williamson For Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, Matt, uh, I'm looking here at an article that's on NFL.com mm, okay. written by uh, Mark Sessler. Yep. He said, the biggest remaining offseason priority for each AFC team. Okay. Uh, so over. let's go through this uh, team by team in the AFC. Uh, the first team up is the Baltimore Ravens. So their biggest priority, according to Mark Sessler, is lean on your rookie class. Hmm. I don't know if that's your top Maybe priority. Maybe that's a receiver situation. Well, it is. The first thing is his first round wideout, Rashad Bateman, was brought on board to start right away inside an offense looking to expand our profile and play with the kind of balance that we really want to play with, according to Greg Roman. Yeah. Uh, fourth round receiver, Tylen Wallace, this is back to Sessler uh, talking here, feels like a Raven. Well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I want to know what that means. Fair uh, enough. While right. third round guard Ben Cleveland has a shot to win a starting job. Boy, if that happens. Yeah, and I would guess Oway is going to be in the mix. Yeah. I mean, On defense, first-round pass rusher, uh, Odefe, Oway now, I guess. I'm not sure how to pronounce his new first yeah. name. Yeah. Is all but locked in for a lead role in Baltimore, uh, for Baltimore's other edges. Tyus Bowser, Pernell McPhee, and Jalen Ferguson collectively piled up seven sacks in 2020. I don't know that Oway is going to play every snap. This is a problem for them. Right, right, right. 
those three guys who are the, one of them is going to be starting at least one, maybe two of them mm-hmm. had seven combined sacks last year. Right, and they played. And they played. I mean, I know they had other guys that left, but it wasn't like they weren't on the field a fair amount. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, pre-draft, I like the O-way landing spot in Baltimore from this perspective. He fits with what they want to do. He fits what they're going to do. They develop talent well. They're a smart organization, but they kind of need somebody now. Yeah, they <laughs> need who's the, I mean? who's like even. In previous years, they always had at least one guy who could get there on his own. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I don't know that any of these guys can get there on their own. I mean, they scheme it up as well as anyone. They're going to probably blitz more than ever, but that's a dangerous way to live, too. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Yeah, uh, they are pretty reliant on their rookie class, though. As they are. a, quote, contending team goes. You know, Buffalo's not. Cleveland's not. You know, they're yeah. not re- relying on them. No, I agree. Uh, Buffalo. Top priority, hammer out an extension for Josh Allen. I, I thought that might have been the Lamar one, too. That could have been there, the same too. draft class. Yeah. It's the exact same situation. Which is kind of why they can't really trade for Julio Jones right now, because they're going to give Lamar a big chunk of money. Yeah, Baltimore doesn't make sense to me for Julio. They've got, I think they have, I want to say they have They have like a, a bit of cap space. They're, mm-hmm. they're not right up against it. But if you sign Lamar to an extension, which they want to do, mm-hmm. There goes a, lo- a large, tr- you know, chunk of what you had. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if they could make more cap space by an Allen or a Jackson deal for now. But I mean, you, it makes it harder to keep Julio under next year and the year right. after, and, yeah. you know, those type of things. Too. I do know next year they've got twenty twenty five million dollars in cap space, but that doesn't include a Lamar extension. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and it's, it's not a great group of receivers in Baltimore, but they have a lot now. I mean. Yeah. They're not going to cut Watkins or Duvernay or Boykin or Brown or Bateman or Wallace. Are you going to keep eight receivers on the on the roster that did he never throw to? So right now, the uh, this according to uh, OverTheCap.com, the Ravens have $5.9 million in cap space. To play with right now. To play with right now. That so they're not tough. trading. Yeah, That'd they're not. Tough for Julio. Yeah. I think they're done at receiver. Yeah. No, the teams, that, uh, to get back to that real quickly, the Jaguars have – this is what they're calling effective cap space because mm-hmm. this this means you haven't signed your rookie class yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Jaguars with twenty nine point twenty eight point nine. The Jets with fifteen point five. The Bengals with sixteen point eight. No, those teams. Broncos with seventeen. They're they're holding out hope for, mm-hmm. uh, for a certain Rogers quarterback. Right. The Browns with seventeen point nine. Washington with seventeen point six, which is even more reason why would they cut more than Moses? They could have just kept yeah, him. right. I don't understand that. Uh, the Colts and the Browns have, are in the same boat as, as Baltimore. They're gonna have to Buffalo, pay, yeah, right. you got to pay your quarterback. Their, theirs is gonna dry up really quick. Uh, the Colts, the Chargers, the Lions, the Forty ers the Patriots have twelve million. Yeah. So they if they if they made a trade for Julio, they'd have to do something else to. Not if that's restructured Gilmore or some, one of the maybe release or, him or maybe yeah. include him in the package to get Julio. Amazingly. New England doesn't have many stars that you would restructure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who's that guy? It's not Cam. So right now the Steelers have $6.5 million bad, in available bad. cap space. The Chargers actually were rumored to be in the Julio thing, too. The Chargers have uh, $16.5 million. They can swing so it. So they can swing it, yeah. yeah. Um, Just question, where's Atlanta? Are they at the bottom? Atlanta has – they are actually – they have $410,000 in regular cap space. Effective cap space is six point. Uh, seven million minus six point seven million minus okay yeah, yeah they're in bad shape which is the most they don't say yeah, they're the worst shape that's what I thought they can't sign the rookie class right now yeah 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 and you're seeing these contracts going around and none of them are from the Falcons yeah uh, so Josh Allen uh, they need to get a new contract for him and what's that, what's that going to be that's mm-hmm. the that's the question is he 
Is he worth more than Lamar or less? <sighs> See, that's right. He's a better passer. I would rather invest in Allen than Lamar. Right. I think that's the – And Baker would be third if we were including those yeah. guys that are coming up. Yeah. But what's funny about the, how that works is you'd probably rather be the agent that signed second. Right, because somebody's going to set the market. Right. And, and then you – Well, we're going to start with the Allen contract. And yeah. Maybe you get the same, maybe you get a little less, <clears> but it'll be similar. You know, like Mahomes kind of threw, screwed things up because everyone knew he was worth the most and he signed first. So yeah. You go in there saying, well, I'm 75% as good as Pat. <laughs> That's a hard bargaining chip, yeah. you know, right? So SpotTrack uh, estimates the extension will be worth uh, $168 million with $78 million guaranteed over four years. That's a slightly higher than what Deshaun Watson got. I would think that's a reasonable neighborhood with inflation. It's $40 million, $42 million a year. Yeah. That's expensive neighborhood to be uh, shopping in. It is. I mean, Lamar's won an MVP. Allen was second or third at that ballot this year. See, the thing that made Mahomes' deal so interesting is that it was 10 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you didn't have to eat all that early. You could spread that out down the line. Allen and Lamar, I don't think I'll sign a 10-year deal with them. I'm not that confident. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Lamar could break. Right. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, the Bengals, top priority. Ponder trading for a premium lineman. They had an opportunity to draft a premium lineman. They did. Instead, they went with Jamar Chase. And if they would have gone with Penny Sewell, maybe this would be considered trading for Julio Jones. They had the opportunity in the second round to draft. They traded down. A lineman. They did. Mm-hmm. They, tra- they traded out of that spot, and they ended up taking Jackson Carmen at 46. Yeah, who will be a guard, tackle to guard for Clemson. Um, but not a premium lineman. No. I don't know. I, I mean, I have mixed feelings of, of what I would have done, Chase versus Sewell, because I do think this year more than ever, that familiarity with Chase and Burrow is really important. Yeah. You know, and I read something today. They were talking about um, premium targets, and it was more fantasy-related, and they were talking about how bad – A.J. Green hurt this offense last year. I mean, what a liability they he They peppered was. him with targets, and he just, he just didn't produce. Yeah. Where if Chase were in that role, or kind of like the Steelers running back conversation we've had, just if he had slightly above League average, average guy yeah. there, it would have been a lot different. I'm not a big proponent of doing this in general, but I might have called Joe Burrow and say, you want the tackle or the receiver? Yeah. You know, and, and even the – familiarity thing aside, you know, which one's more valuable. And if he's as smart as people think he is and can check out of the right protections and whatnot, you'd prefer the receiver. Like Peyton Manning would rather have the receiver. Yeah, yeah. You know, in that situation. Um, they're not going to be a team, to mention offensive linemen. Morgan Moses doesn't fit there because they went and signed Riley they need, Reef. They need a guard. They need, yeah. And I don't even know who those guys are. I mean, like, it's nice you could trade for a premium guard, but who? Who? Yeah. yeah right. and what's Who's a, on the market? What's a premium guard? And what's yeah? Cleveland Browns top priority: stay humble, stay deadly. Now, hmm. he admits Mark Sessler does that he's a Browns fan. Yeah, I say I think he's, he's from Cleveland. Because here's what he said: Will they live up to the hype, or can we only count on the Brown, on the Browns to spin magic during an international pandemic? Reasons to believe: Number one, cool as a cucumber head coach Kevin Stefanski. Number two, crafty general manager Andrew Barry. Number three, an offensive line as rugged as any front five in pro football. Mm-hmm. Um, a defense that adds, this is number four, a defense that adds heady safety John Johnson, ball hawking cover man Troy Hill, Jadavian Clowney, Anthony Walker, and potential potential upside and edge Tack McKinley. 
Blah, blah, and blah. Yeah, I'm not sure about the McKinley uh, one for sure. Throw in rookie corner Greg Newsom and a freakishly versatile second rounder Jeremiah Osukoromora. Jeremiah Osukoromora, and you've got a beast on paper. Do you? I don't know that you have a beast because you still got. I'm not counting on it. Uh, Clowney, Anthony Walker, and Tack McKinley do not make you a good defensive front. I'll put a chip down right now that the Browns first round pick next year is going to be a defensive line. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Garrett's awesome. And he makes a right. lot of He makes, he makes yeah. your, uh, what would be otherwise a, a below average defensive line. Right. At least an average. Yeah. One. I mean, it's, it's, it's Miles Garrett and the pips to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what he says. Okay. There's no logical reason for a meltdown. The Browns fan of me though is begging for the roster to eschew hyper brags, guarantees, verbal slapdowns of AFC North foes, boastful re- reveries, or anything resembling fat cat behavior. Put it all on ice until the whistle blows. We saw this two years ago, the, the off season that they traded for. They Odell. were supposed to be the team, and and you go to Vegas, and they were the the odds favorite to win the North. Easier said than done, because there is an art to winning in this league consistently. Yeah. And two teams in the division know how to do it. You know, one of them happens to be in this hometown. But I'm also open to the fact, and I've bid on this many times since the Browns' inception, including when I was on the team or with the team, that maybe this head coach is different. Maybe Stefanski does keep them humble and grounded and all those things. I thought he was a deserved coach of the year last year, but becoming a winner in this league is hard. Here's the thing. I'm just going to play devil's advocate yeah. here. Okay, so John Johnson and Troy Hill were both good players last year. Good players, yeah. With a great pass rush. They were, that was the best defense in the league, by the way. And they knew you had the number one cornerback in the league playing opposite yep, you. Yep, yep, yep. And he was going to take away half the field. So now everything was kind of broken down. Okay, we don't have to worry about that half of the field. Mm-hmm. So if I'm John Johnson, I go, okay, I could focus on this. Yeah, and that defensive coordinator became a head coach. Yeah, because he did such a good because job. Because he did such a good job. Right, right, right. We just talked about the front guys, the uh, Clowney, Walker, and McKinley. I'm not sold on that being an no, upgrade at all. That doesn't worry me. Greg Newsom's a rookie. Clowney's gonna play five games. Rookie cornerback struggle in this league. All the great Akuda had a really yeah. rough year and still looks great. And Newsom's know, Newsom was not the prospect. No, that Akuda no, was. no, no, right. Same with uh, Henderson and Jacksonville. All of them. Last and year. what was what's the one thing that you hear about freakishly versatile Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa? Well, there have been also other freakishly versatile guys that have come into the Isaiah league. Simmons what are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Miles Jack really struggled right away. Isaiah Simmons is the obvious, con- you know. I, I don't think he'll be an every-down player. So these guys, look great on, these guys look great on paper? Yeah. Making it all work on game day is a little harder. On it's a little defense. bit, you know, yeah. it's a little different. Like, I'm not... I'm it's not a good s- secondary. I'm not sold that those, especially the rookies, are going to make those guys, that's this team a better team. And they're being counted on. They are. They are. I mean... I like their moves. I respect this team. I like I, the moves long term as yeah. well. I mean, you know, these these. I think maybe the defense is better in twenty twenty two than it is in twenty twenty one. Could be if Newsom's the guy, or yeah. unless they have to. They but then you got to get rid of. You know, Ward costs you too much money, and is Clowney mm-hmm. still going to be there? Probably not. Probably not. You know, probably not. right? Yeah, probably a first round pick defensive lineman, something like that. I think their their defense will be average. I don't think it'll be great. It, but it was bad last year. It was bad. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be better than last year, but I think it'll be average. I'm not is, so I'm not sold on that being a top ten unit, which is the way no. some people are talking about. Well, their, their defense is really going to be a strength this year. No, I don't know about that. And I do think you have a good point about looking at it on paper. It looks better than, you know, a Wosu Koromora playing sixty snaps a game. I mean, yeah. I bet he plays thirty snaps a game. Yeah, which 
he might be a, a great player a year or two from now, but it's going to take some time. Look, I mean, just look at what happened in Arizona last year, mm-hmm. and he was considered a way better prospect. He was a six pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and couldn't get on the field until week twelve. Yeah, I think he was a healthy scratch early on for him. Yeah, there. Uh, the Denver Broncos top priority: shoot the moon for Aaron Rodgers. Hundred percent. <laughs> I'm not even sure. What would you give up? Well, he's 37. Yeah. I don't think his contract's that crazy. It's not. Um, What do you need if you're Green Bay? And if I'm Guggenkust and you're. If I I need like your next three first round draft picks. Yeah. Because this draft is over. You know, if if I trade, if if I'm Green Bay and I trade Aaron Rodgers now, I don't see any return on that until next year unless you start giving me players. I'd say, what about Sertain and Cortland Sutton? No, we can talk. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. But that makes Denver a worse team. <laughs> right. They can overcome the certain loss. I mean, Rodgers makes them better. Sure. But you're weakening what you have. You want to insert him with that offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, there's some players. What if, that, what if they say, we don't, want, we don't want, we want Judy instead? That's fine. I mean, uh, to me, they're equal value. Now you've given up essentially, well, okay, That's so we, too we, early we, want the, we want those two players and we want your first-round pick next year and a second-rounder or third, a third-round or something like that. Because you're trading away two two, two consecutive first round picks. I think Rodgers is worth three three, three firsts. That and means so that's Judy essentially one, yeah. Certain counts as one. Yeah, and next year's first. Denver might do it. They might, but man, I'll tell you, that's that's a big price. It's a big price. And Teddy. I don't want Teddy. <laughs> you're rolling with Locke. Give me man. give me yeah. Locke. Throw yeah, in Locke. Throw Locke into the, the deal. Right. You give one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't know. I think they could make it. I think Denver could make a deal for Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think so too. But it's going to yeah. be expensive. What if it was just flat out next three first round picks? If I'm Green Bay, I don't know if I do that. I think Green Bay would be bad without Rodgers. Green Bay would be very bad. Even I think with I think they'd be lucky to be an eight and eight team. Lucky yes. or an eight lucky. and nine team. Lucky. Yeah. And Love may be a good player. I don't think he will be. But I think he'd, he's going to really struggle if he's a starter this year. Yeah. I mean, he raises all the ships in Green Bay. Yeah. Is you know is is Devontae Adams then going to be happy? He, he just, won't be on my fantasy team. I can <laughs> promise you that. You know, right. He's going to go from catching 100 passes or 120 passes right. to 50. And Robert Tanyan, people forget his name. Yeah. And, right. Why we pay Aaron Jones again? And, you know, right. Uh, Houston Texans, top priority, operate in reality. <laughs> there, you could go so many directions with that one. I mean, to me, it would be try to get the, the Watson situation. Got to figure out something with that. I don't think he'll ever take a snap as a Texan again. But you, you at least need to know where does he he's take, at. Does he take another snap in the league? I think so. A lot of guys have done far worse. I mean, I hate to say it, that they got back on the field. But it's taken you several years. And it's not always right away. I mean, there's right? – there's. this isn't one accusation of, of it's very sexual odd. assault. We haven't talked about it much. It's all very yeah. odd. This is multiple accusations of sexual assault. Right, right, right. Like, oh, I know. It probably know. won't be done soon. Just, just you, keeping it just the football for a team to want to take that on as you. This is the face of your franchise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. I mean, if you're Carolina or Denver. I don't think you can make that trade. Indianapolis, top priority. Look hard at Julio Jones, part one. Obviously, more teams. I are like have that fit a lot. He'd be great for Pittman. I think that would be. We mentioned it in, a, in an earlier show today. I think that would make them clearly the best team in the South. Yeah, I think so. Um, it, I think it would. Space. I think it would help make Carson Wentz at least a league average quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which I don't know that he is right now. He wasn't last year. He wasn't last year, no. no. I mean, he get benched. I mean, your second-round pick next year for Julio straight up. Mm, I, again, if I'm the Falcons, I don't know if I, I'm – I want more. I don't think you get a first. But I don't know if they can. Right. I mean, I think he only played six games last year, too. He has, well, that's the question. He screws in yeah. his feet, and he plays through all that stuff, but his durability is an issue. Jacksonville Jaguars, top priority. Embrace the weirdness. <laughs> I assume that's Tebow and new coach. Uh, their tagline to this, se- this season could read, interesting at last. <laughs> <laughs> the Jaguars suddenly house a must-watch young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, a college coaching legend in Urban Meyer, and a shotgun from the wilderness Team Tim Tebow at tight end. Now, I don't know if he's going to make the team. Uh, their first-round running back, Travis Etienne, is playing wide receiver in minicamp. And the entire soup is beginning to look delicious. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, the Jaguars weren't as bad as last year's record at 1-15 suggested. Well, I think they were. Yeah, they lost 15 They lost straight. 15 straight. <laughs> but that's not the point. The club offers elements of bizarre with fascinating plot outlines or plot lines yet to be revealed. I get vibes of Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman starting out their journey together in Dallas in 1989. I do not. I don't know about that. I don't trust this franchise at all. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. Right, right. This is, not the, this is not the Cowboys. The, the, the Jaguars have never been the Cowboys. The Jaguars will never be the Cowboys or a franchise that you will trust. They probably couldn't be any more different, just yeah. in terms of what the, the organization yeah. is, the value of the organization. Yeah. You know, I mean, They signed Tim Tebow to sell jerseys yeah. and, and draw fan interest. Yeah, and he got no guaranteed money. Yeah, He might make the team, but I bet he doesn't deserve to make the team. Um they are interesting, though. They haven't been interesting for I mean, a long he could time. run for mayor of Jacksonville right now and win. And win, right. Yeah. right. In I a mean, landslide. My buddies just texted me the most, the, the thing selling most on NFL.com is Tebow apparel. That's okay. why they signed him, folks. It, it, right. The people trying to equate this to Colin Kaepernick still not being in the league is, is ridiculous. No, right. Um, if Colin Kaepernick came back and said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do this, I want to I play, uh, you know, I'm going to try to come back as a wide receiver. Somebody might take a chance. Okay, we think maybe, Colin, maybe. you can do that. But, I mean, as a rule of thumb, I think all that stuff is ridiculous. Tebow's not getting a olds don't change positions. Yeah, Tebow's not getting a chance to come back as a quarterback here. No. If, if the Jaguars assign Tebow as a quarterback, which is something that has already failed, mm-hmm. that would be one thing. Right. They're signing him to try another position, a position, oh, by the way, that a lot of people thought, well, maybe he should have been that to begin with. I think he's a personal protector on punts. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, and maybe, maybe that's what he ends up doing. Yeah. He maybe he's an H back. Right. And yeah. I, I wouldn't even want him to Taysom Hill it up. <laughs> no. Tre- not with Trevor Lawrence in the building. Any snap that goes to Tim instead of Trevor is not good for my. Not team. good. Right. Yeah. Kansas City's top priority. Don't let the honey badger scurry away. See, I was a free agent after this year. I guess. Yeah. So they're talking about locking him up. He's entering the final final season of his three year forty two million dollar deal. Uh, he's also getting up in age. I say, great player, not It'd the be biggest a tough guy. guy to invest in. I mean, yeah. the way he plays and throws his little body around, good for him. But they've got cap issues moving the, forward too. Yeah, is he the Bob Sanders career path? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it, tough guy to invest in. I think I'd rather just franchise him after the year and yeah, live buy with that. A year. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders, don't worry about Derek Carr's feelings. Hmm. The Raiders are stuck means. into similar fixes as Denver, desperately desiring to shine, but mired in a division with high-flying Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Trapped there for another decade-plus or longer than even John Gruden's contract. Uh, shaking things up requires a move worthy of the devil-may-care seafaring, seafaring pirate 
One that beats Denver to the punch would be go to go for broke at Aaron Rodgers. I'm fine with that. I mean, yeah. if you can land Rodgers, great. But by no means is Carr the the problem there. No, <laughs> you know no. What I mean? Like, no, he's not Mahomes, but he's, he's not, not the problem. But I mean, if they do a move like that, and the there are Steelers, a dozen teams in the league that would love to have Derek Carr as their quarterback, including maybe this one a year from now. Yeah, like I would be fine with. Carr being the replacement for Ben. I mean, if Derek Carr was in Indianapolis right now, the Colts would be They'd far. Be the best team at the division. Yeah, and, and people would be talking about them as a potential Super Bowl team. Yeah, and like in the Dan- the Denver trades we talked about with Green Bay, if you give me Carr and two first, now I'm in. Green Bay's still pretty good. Yeah, right. Green Bay's real good. Yeah, so or that may be the car. If, you know. if if Las Vegas does decide to go that route, they can they can beat what Denver can offer. Because Carr has value. Because Carr has yeah, more value. Like right. they, they you, the Broncos can't give a car the Packers guy, right. anything close, close to that. Bridgewater's not close. Yeah. Right. Agreed. I also think Denver with Rodgers is probably a lot better than the Raiders with Rodgers. Yes. They have a defense. Yes. And, you know. Yeah. But the Raiders might be a playoff team with Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, yes. They just draft so. I mean, Henry Ruggs would be. Yeah. He would <laughs> baller. And, yeah. They'd have to give something up. They'd probably yeah. give a player or two. Defensively, they would still be pretty bad. Pretty but, bad. But yeah, boy, they would score a lot of points. They'd score a lot of points. They would. Uh, the Chargers, please don't mess up Justin Herbert. <laughs> well, their offensive line moves sure imply that they know what they're doing in that regard. Yeah. Signed Corey Lindsley, drafted Rashawn Slater. Filer. Um, added Matt, Matt Filer. Uh, they had PF Pro Football Focus's worst-ranked offensive line last year. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. And by the way, their running back Eckler had a pretty good year. Yeah. Back to our conversation, two segments yeah. ago. Kelly didn't because he's fact, not good. Almost anybody they put in there produced something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kalen Balaj produced. Yeah, Balaj didn't yeah. play bad behind it. A worse line than the Steelers. But yeah. side note, uh, Miami Dolphins have co-offensive coordinators, and that's never a good that's thing. Strange. That's yeah. never a good thing. George Godsey and Eric Studsville live in a shared apartment with Tua. <laughs> Three, kind of that would be a new guy, threes yeah. company, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think how they're handling it, and Atlanta did this with a defensive coordinator a year or two ago. One of them has early downs and one has late downs. That's stupid. I think it's crazy. Too many coaches. You too can't, many coaches there's too many, too many cooks in the kitchen because eventually somebody has to be the final decision maker. Not to mention, I mean, if you're a play caller, not that I'm a play caller, ever been down that road. My first down play is setting up my call on second, right. and then I'm getting in the, you know, I got – Got him leaning one way, and then I throw him the curveball. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just like any other sport where you set people up. And there has to be a lot of communication with a clock that's ticking quick between those guys to make that work. And, and those guys like better be – they better be on the same page all always. the time. Always, always. Yeah. Especially on game day. Because if they're not, the next thing you know, you got a fist fight going on up in your – Yeah, you know, right, right. It's just not a good idea. And your head coach is a defensive guy. He's not going to be the – He's not going to overrule. It's not an Andy Reid situation yeah. where you're just, you know – Given two guys a, a title. Yeah, I think that's dumb. I do too. Uh, the New England Patriots look hard at Julio Jones part two. I agree. Yeah, I, I mean that's. I, I mean, they would scare me with Julio. I think their receivers are junk. They yeah, they're bad. But, yeah. but how many games is Julio going to play? Like you're trading. Yeah, you, you you've you just got rid of Edelman who couldn't stay on the field as your number no. one receiver. Now you're going to add Julio there. I don't he, think it's a clowny situation. No, the games he plays, he produces. He's really, really good, yeah. and he fights through it, and he's tough. And he but he to just play, hasn't. But he doesn't play as much as he used to. I don't think you can count on him for seventeen plus. Yeah. Uh, the New York Jets do not engage in funny business with Zach Wilson. 
You're going to have to explain that one. Uh, yes, he looks 16. Yes, his rosy cheeks and a little blonde hair suggest a boy guest starring in That's So Raven. He'll be sitting at the adult table, though, after America watches Zach Wilson ripping lasers through a beguiled Patriots defenders. The excitement surrounding the number two overall part of the blah, 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 blah. So uh, essentially what they're saying is they kind of blew it with Sam Darnold. Don't, mm-hmm. don't do the same thing with, with this kid that you did with Sam Darnold. I, I go ahead. I mean, I think that's safe for any of these young quarterbacks. Probably the same could be true for Justin Fields and, and whatnot. Um, this guy scares me a little because maybe some of it's a misconception that he looks like, you know, my 14-year-old son, but <laughs> and he's kind of built like him. But, you know, I, I think this front office, Joe Douglas, has done that. Yeah. They have adequate or better receivers right now. The line's getting better. Line. Yeah. I mean, they've got some potential studs on the line. Brings us to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Top priority. Prey offensive line coach Adrian Clem can pull this off. Okay. And we've talked about this a time. Everybody nationally is really concerned about the Steelers' offensive line. I listen to so many podcasts and read as many articles as I can. For, and the to your point – the, the national feel is this is a bottom five line because they don't know the names, yeah. you know, and I'm guilty of that. I mean, I may not know the Rams left guard as well as we went the through Ram people do. We but went through the, the uh, in, my, in the previous segment, the, the Vikings offensive line last year. Right, right, right. Other than Bradbury and Reef, I hadn't heard of any of those guys. Well, O'Neal, you probably remember from Pitt. Well, yeah. yeah second yeah. round pick. But, but, yeah, but then there was a bunch of dudes that yeah. were not good. And – I think the Steelers' guards will be above average. Yeah. Maybe better. Yeah. Um, I think the tackles will be average. I mean, uh, and that's okay. I mean, I think a lot hinges on the center position. But I'm also a believer more and more, sure, you'd love to have the Browns' offensive line. But if the you can't have smart, any major weaknesses. Right. If it's not terrible, which I don't think it's terrible. I mean, Sure, I'd love to throw Orlando Pace on there, but I, I it doesn't worry me as much as others. I, I don't think yeah. they'll be blowing blocks left and right. The Steelers are eleven and two in thirteen in the thirteen games that BJ Finney has started. In his yeah, career. right, right, right. And they've had some of their best running games mm-hmm. with BJ Finney at center. No, so I don't. I don't know that it's going to be the problem. And again, I think Najee Harris the the you know raises yeah. all boats in the water. And Ben has to be smart mentally about yeah. getting in the right protections and the hot reads and knowing where everything's coming from. And he's he's going to do that. Yeah. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Top priority, unearth additional weapons. I thought he was going to say Julio Part 3. <laughs> Could have been. It's just, I think yeah. they're in the mix. Yeah. I, I mean, I really think their loss of offense coordinator is worrisome. Um, we often talk about Henry's awesome, but is he for, can he hold up? Um, Tannehill does not raise all ships. He's what are you doing at right guy. tackle? Right. You know. I mean, I think that'll be uh, the North Dakota State kid. Yeah. But he's a rookie. But he's a rookie, and he's not hes not overly physical. He's not their style. Yeah. You know, he's not like the the Saffolds and guys they have. You know, like, I kind of like Josh Reynolds. I do think they need another receiver. I yeah. mean, it's Ferkser and Reynolds. Uh, that's not Johnny Smith and Corey Davis. That is definitely not. Yeah. I like Reynolds as well, but when he was number three. As a three-ish. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Not as a number two. No. And as great as Brown is, like – if, if we threw every wide receiver in the league in a pool and I get to pick one, I think I'd take A.J. Brown for now going forward, age yeah. in, in the mix. But he's going to be triple covered. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. It's going it's to be, be a different world for him. A little bit of eye-opening for him, right? Yeah, I agree. But uh, that's the entire AFC, uh, according to Mark Sessler. Interesting uh, to get that national perspective on things. Yeah. And uh, we agree with a lot of it. I mean. Yeah. And I, I do think there's a chance Julio ends up in the AFC. Probably. Yeah. I think if you're the Falcons, you probably want to trade him to somebody that you're not going to see on a regular basis. Yeah. New England makes too much sense to me. The Colts with their cap space, I would be very aggressive if I were them. I mean, that would complete the offense to me. Yeah. You know, and if I'm the Packers and I want Aaron, if I want Aaron Rodgers back and I'm the Packers, that's a move that I make. Oh, man. Yeah. I think he. I think he's back and okay. I can. I can handle this then. Right. <laughs> uh, Aaron, we need you to you know probably restructure, but for this. Yeah, right. Because uh, we love you, you know, and you're going to throw to Adams and Julio, or even uh, I bring it up all the time, and maybe it won't it isn't feasible, but send Jordan Love to Atlanta for Julio and a third. That makes him happy right away. Uh, now Aaron's Love's like, not here anymore. Right. We got your Julio Jones. Are we buddies again? Right. And we'll give you a big <laughs> check now to restructure. And what more do you want? You know, yeah. Let's go win it all. You're our guy. You're a guy. Right. We <laughs> yeah. love you. Uh, But that's going to do it for this segment. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. This is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. It is time for the Fantasy Football Focus, and it's a little difficult this time of year to come up with good fantasy stuff. It is. But but it's getting into fantasy season because the NFL is slow, and this is when things happen. I have two dynasty drafts this weekend I'm excited about, so that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff's to, happening starting here. Starting to rev up. Uh, on ESPN.com, they did a fantasy football mock draft with 10 teams. It's a PPR, and they had their guys – uh, which at one point would have been you taking I've part been in this draft. Part of those. Yeah, I, I'll admit one thing that makes me crazy about ESPN, and it's because their their uh, software is is leaned this way. They always do ten team drafts. Like yeah, nobody does. 12. There's not many ten team right. leagues. Uh, but here are the participants in order of draft participant uh, position. Uh, Tristan Cockroft. He's been there forever and does doesn't get the credit he deserves as a fantasy analyst. Mike Clay. Not like Mike. Uh, Eric Carabell. Field Yates, Matthew Berry, Stefania Bell, Kyle Soap. I don't recognize I don't know that one. I don't know him. Daniel Dopp, Seth Walter, and Matt Bowen. Okay. I know like eight of those guys. I you probably those. don't know Daniel Dopp. He's a really good dude. He was our producer for the podcast. He's a okay. behind-the-scenes guy. Um, I maybe even introduced you to him at the Combine the one time, but now he's starting to do more and more on-air stuff. Okay. And good guy. Okay, so that was the draft order. Okay. Uh, so – in the first, with the first overall pick, Cockroft takes Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. In the second pick, Mike Clay takes Dalvin Cook. Would you take him over Barkley? Um, I'm leaning towards Cook at two. The more I think about it, yeah, unbelievably productive, and his line's better than it was. Yeah. Uh, at three, uh, Carabell takes Saquon Barkley. Okay. I think Kamara's in that conversation, too. At four, Yates takes Kamara. Okay. Those are your top four picks. That order you know, yeah. may change here depending on what we see. At five, Barry takes Derrick Henry. Yeah. 
Those are probably your top get five. Soon. Little side note: I, I Henry fifth on my running back list, not fantasy. I got a bunch of requests from uh, Tennessee radio. Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> and had to do some radio yesterday. This is where myself. things get interesting, though. After those first five picks, yeah. but I think Henry's clearly five. At six, Stefania Bell takes Ezekiel Elliott. It's a little rich for me. I am not buying that at all. I just didn't like. But I don't know who you take. Yeah. I just have to think about some lists. Because, uh, you know, you'd think, well, maybe Aaron Jones there, but is Aaron Rodgers? Not this second am I taking Aaron Jones yeah. there. Uh, Elliott could be a league winner if he looks like the old Elliott and that offense. But he just didn't look great to me last he year. He didn't, no. And the circumstances were bad. Uh, it's seven. The first non-running back is taken. Sop takes Travis Kelsey. I'm okay with that. I, I would take Kelsey and maybe Kittle over any receiver. Just because it's just supply and demand. At eight, Dop takes Aaron Jones. Yeah. You said, and you mentioned it's PPR, too. Yeah. At nine, Walter takes Tyreek Hill. I get it. Would he be your first receiver off the board? Mm-hmm. If you knew Aaron Rodgers was coming back. If I knew Aaron Rodgers was coming back, Devontae Adams, would be, my, take Adams. would be my guy. Right. Without it, I guess Hill. But he doesn't catch a ton of passes. Yeah. Uh, at ten, Bowen then takes Devontae Adams. Fair enough. At 11, Bowen takes Jonathan Taylor. It's a pretty nice pick that late. That works out well. You yeah. get, you get uh, Devontae Adams and Jonathan Taylor. I think Taylor's in the conversation for six overall. I think so as well. Yeah. You know, I, I also think Najee is. I am also I think he's getting to that point. He's getting to that point. Yeah, he will be when it's all said and done. At 12, Walter takes Austin Eckelar. I'm big on Eckelar too. At 13, Dopp takes uh, Nick Chubb. Quality. At 14, Sop takes... Cam Akers. I'm cool with that. At 15. I like that neighborhood of backs, yeah. so especially if they're a second one. 15. Bell takes Najee Harris. Yeah, I don't. He's th- creeping up the boards, folks. That's RB12. This time last year, that's where Clyde Edwards Hilaire was going. He ended up going like fifth or sixth when your drafts really yeah. rolled around. Harris is going well, let's look at way. it this way. Uh, so we talked about Ezekiel Elliott as RB6. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott or Najee Harris? I've I taken Najee Harris. I think I'll take Harris. Uh, Najee Harris or Aaron Jones, let's say. Depends on the Rodgers news. Yeah, what, let's say Rodgers isn't there. Then it's definitely Thanks Najee Harris. Harris. Right. Harris is going to touch the ball more than Jones this year. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris, I'd probably take Jonathan I Taylor. Take Taylor. Yeah. He had more catches than you realize, yeah. too. He caught like 35 balls last year. This one's a little interesting. Austin Eckler and Najee Harris. I'm really high on Eckler, but is he going to get the ball I don't as think much as get the short yardage stuff? Yeah, and yeah, no. Like Najee Harris could have twice as many touchdowns as him. Yeah, he'll definitely get the short yardage work. Cam Akers or Najee Harris? I think Akers. I just worry about those other like the way they played that system last year. But not at the end. Not at the end, but they may have just said, you know what, he hasn't carried the ball all season long. Let's just use him. Mm-hmm. They could get back in. We got a 17 game schedule. We got to use the other guys too. I know. And we I, I when we use we use a second round draft pick on Daryl, you know uh, Henderson. Let's use him. Yeah, uh, Malcolm Brown's not there anymore. I think they did add somebody else. That's a third guy. But I don't think Henderson's going away. No, Henderson's not going away. I think it's a better offense than Pittsburgh's, yeah. and he's a little more proven. But I think Harris is going to get more touches. Probably. Yeah. I think he might get more touches than anybody on that list. Yeah, good. I mean, I mean, I mean he's going to be right at the top of the list. He's going to have more touches than, you know, probably all those guys. It's 16. Barry takes Joe Mixon. I love that pick that late. I'm in on Mixon. It's 17. 
Yates takes Stephon Diggs. I can make a, uh, I can make he an argument that Stephon Diggs should be the number one receiver taken. I might take Diggs over Hill. He's going to get more. PBR. He's going to get more he's gonna get targets. Peppered. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's not like the offense is bad. No, I mean he had a huge year last year. At uh, eighteen, Carabelle takes DeAndre Swift. Okay, he better catch a lot of balls, which it, they might be if they're losing. And you know, he he has best potential, and it's not really all his fault. Yeah, they could just stink. They could just stink. Yeah, right. And Jamal Williams is looming. And at nineteen, Clay takes Antonio Gibson. I'd take Gibson over a couple of guys that already went. It's a bit of a leap of faith, but he could hit big. At twenty, Cockroft takes DeAndre Hopkins. That's the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, he could go first receiver off the board, too, and I wouldn't bat an eye. At 21, Cockroft takes Miles Sanders. High risk, but their offensive line injuries have been really bad the last couple of years. Yeah. And you get Barrett Brooks back, and you draft Landon Dickerson, and I think it'll be better. 22, Clay gets J.K. Dobbins. I'm buying at that price. Yeah. That's RB17. Yeah. Edwards isn't going anywhere. He's, He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Hope Dobbins catches. How many passes do you think he's going to catch? That's a sticking point for me because if they just don't throw Is the 40 back, the upside? Yeah. That's, that's you'd maybe sure the, take 40. That's ceiling. If you, if you that's knew he was yeah. 40, you'd be taking him higher than that. At 23, Carabell takes A.J. Brown as wide receiver five. He could go wide receiver one, too. I honestly wouldn't you know, be critical. 24. Yates takes Justin Jefferson as wide receiver six. I guess that's his neighborhood nowadays. Yeah. 25, Barry takes D.K. Metcalf. I was wondering, but I take Metcalf or Jefferson. It was interesting. So about the same. Uh, at 26, Bell takes Michael Thomas. I might take Thomas higher than that. Thomas produced even when Breeze wasn't in there. Such a bad year, though, last year. like Such a bad year. I don't yeah. think he was healthy at all, though. Yeah. I still think he's a really good player. 27, Sop takes Keenan Allen. Hmm. That's, that's a double. At 28, Dop takes George Kittle. I would take him well before that. <laughs> if Kelsey's a first-rounder, Kittle's a second to me. This one's interesting. At 29, Walter takes Calvin Ridley. Yeah. If you think Julio Jones isn't going to be a factor or isn't going to be in Atlanta – Ridley could be top three then. Ridley, yeah. Ridley's easily a top five wide receiver. Yes. He was great last year. Yeah. And with or without Julio. Yeah. I mean, Julio missed a lot of time. I don't think Julio's going to be in Atlanta. At 30, Bowen takes Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's a little rich. That's RB18. Yeah. I, I guess I'll wonder who the other ones on the board are. See, I'm buying him as like a third, fourth rounder in 12-team leagues. Well, the next, the next running rich. back taken is Chris Carson. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Chris Carson. Mm. In a PPR, Carson's going to score more touchdowns. He cut the ball last year, too. He doesn't stink in the passing Yeah, game. I think I'd take Carson. At 31, Bowen takes Allen Robinson. That's solid. At 32, Walter takes Darren Waller. Yeah. 33, Dopp takes Terry McLaurin. That's okay. wide receiver 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 34, Sop takes Christian Car- or Chris Carson. That's, That's RB. Great pick that way. RB19 in the yeah, fourth yeah. round. Uh, at 35, Stefania Bell takes Kyle Pitts. I don't know if I can take that leap. If Julio Jones isn't in Atlanta, right. he's the number two receiver at worst. Yes. I think he'll catch the second most passes of Falcons. Who are going to be. They, have a, tight ends they have a bad defense. Bad business, but I think he's different. 
but he's going to line up at receiver a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. he's not going to be in line and doing all the, the things that you have. Like, they might be on the field with Hurst. Yeah, they'll have Hurst do all. That. You're going to be the blocker. You're going to do all mm-hmm. the dirty work, and he's going to he's going to catch passes. I mean, with all respect to Julio, who I think is honestly the third best receiver to ever live, Pitts could run his route. Could could be that guy. Yeah. Oh, well, no doubt. Yeah, he, he could do the exact same thing. Uh, Thirty-six. Amari Cooper is wide receiver thirteen. Not for me. I'm a little yeah. lower on Cooper in my receiver it. ranks, and I might rather have C.D. Lamb than, than Cooper this year for fantasy. 37, RB20, David Montgomery goes to Yates. Nobody likes him. He catches a lot of passes. And he did last year. I don't know if he does this yeah. year. Cohen's back. and Cohen's such a tell, though. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? I think I'd take Montgomery over a couple of the backs that we've just seen fall. Like, I think there'll be th- third and five Montgomery still in the game. If it's third and eight, yes. it's going to be Cohen. Agreed, agreed. Uh, 38, uh, wide receiver 14 is Adam Thielen. Touchdowns were crazy last year. Cousins, Cousins just threw him the ball in crucial situations. 39, Clay takes RB21, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he's kind of fallen. Uh, he needs to catch passes. Yeah, and stay on the field. And stay on the field, yeah. Uh, 40, Cockcroft takes Robert Woods. Boy, I'd like to have Josh Jacobs my third receiver. Or third <laughs> back, though, right? Yeah. I mean, Woods is solid. Yeah. Again, he's the least sexy pick in your draft every year, and he's always lives up to his pick. Round five at 41, Cockroft takes Deontay Johnson. That's where he belongs. Wide receiver 16. I mean, tons of targets. Yeah. At 42, Clay takes wide receiver 17, Julio Jones. Oh, he could still be on my fantasy team. I don't care what team he's on. 43, Carabell takes Mike Evans. Yeah. <laughs> Godwin hasn't gone yet. Yeah. You're taking Evans over Godwin, aren't you? Yeah, he's, I mean, he scored a ton of touchdowns yeah. last year. The tight, the, the Tampa thing is an issue. Yeah. There's not quite enough balls to go around for their guys. But. Well, at 44, Yates takes Chris Godwin. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. yeah. At 45, Barry takes Cooper Cup. Okay. Woods went just a few picks earlier. Yeah, yeah. 46, Bell takes CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. 47, RB22, Sop takes Miles Gaskin. He's going to produce. Yeah. I mean, as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. At 48, your boy Dopp jumps into the quarterback market, takes Patrick I Mahomes. When's, when's the time to do that? That's the fifth round in this draft. So what's he, what's he have? He has two backs, two receivers, something like that? Yeah. I don't know if Mahomes is that much better than the. Than I think the he crowd. took a tight end. He he took. Did he? Yeah. He took Waller. He took Waller. Yeah. Kittle were one of those guys. No, he took Kittle. That's right. Okay. Forty nine. Uh, Walter takes Tyler Lockett. See, that's the neighborhood I'm shopping in. Yeah. That you know, those receivers are fine. At fifty, Bowen takes Jamar Chase. That's too rich for me. That's the first Cincinnati receiver off the board. I think he's a great player, but yeah. I don't know. That Rookie he's receiver, look. fifty, the fiftieth pick. That's. Is he going to catch more balls than Higgins or Boyd? Well, you're going to like some of these receivers right after him. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, at 51, Bowen takes Travis Etienne. That's worth the risk that late. Yeah. 52, Walter takes wide receiver 24, DJ Moore. Yeah, I love that. I'm taking Moore over Chase. Yeah. 53, Dopp takes Kenny Galladay. Nice. Coming off a bad year, but yeah. they're paying him a ton of money. They're going to throw the ball. 54, Sop takes Cortland Sutton. I'm cool with that, too. Even if it's Teddy. Teddy will throw to Cortland Sutton. Yeah. 55, Bell takes Mike Davis. That's a great pick. <coughs> There's no competition. None. None. I don't care if he's good or not. 
Yeah, I think he is pretty decent. Uh, 56, Barry takes Mark Andrews. That's tight end five. That's pretty late considering where the top three went. Yeah. Are you taking Pitts over Andrews? Yes. Ooh. I'm I not sure if I'm there yet, but maybe. I think he's a, he's a generational talent. I agree. If you, you know, believe Julio's not going to be I'm looking at him point. as a wide receiver. Not necessarily. He's just a, a wide receiver that has a TE next that to his I name. get to put in a tight end. Yeah. yeah. He's going to get 100 targets this year. Yeah. We're going to assume Julio's not there. So if he gets 100 targets. I mean, Andrews will probably will too, though. But they're, they're are they going to be as high quality targets? Yeah. More. Those, those passing game might be going opposite directions with those two tight ends. 57, Yates takes Brandon Cooks. He's better than people think. Yeah. He can easily be on my team. If he's your receiver two or three and you're loaded elsewhere. And they're going to be losing all the time. They're going to be losing all the time. Yeah. He can hit the home run. Yeah, I, I like Cooks. Uh, at 58, Carabell takes Chase Edmonds. Yeah. I mean, he's in, he's an every-week starter in fantasy. 59, Clay takes his wide receiver 28, Odell Beckham. That's a risk. Of course. Uh, we talk about it a lot. I mean, in that neighborhood, I guess I'm interested. It's 60. Cockroft takes tight end six, TJ Hawkinson. He would be my 6-2. I'm taking him ahead of Goddard. And, Round yeah. seven. It's 61. Cockroft takes Kareem Hunt. Real quick, if you don't get one of those six tight ends, is it punt time? You yeah. better uh, – you probably take two. Maybe you hope an Irv Smith – Gasecki and Irv Smith yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. But I love Goddard as a player, but if Ertz is still there, uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm paying the price for whoever tight end seven is. Yeah. It's six, uh, so Cockroft uh, took Kareem Hunt at tw- uh, RB26 at 61. At 62, Clay takes his wide receiver 29, Juju Smith-Schuster. I'd take Claypool over Juju. I think so as well. For yeah. fantasy? But it is PPR. Yeah. Who do you think catches more touchdowns this year? Oh, Claypool catch more touchdowns. I do too. But, but Juju may Juju catch, will probably catch more balls, more passes. Yeah. Who plays more snaps? I think Claypool. I don't know if he does. I think it's pretty close. I, I think, think in two receiver sets. It's going to be Claypool and Johnson. Could be. Could be. That's not really a knock on Juju. Depends on what Claypool's. they want to do. I think. I think they're going to play Smith, Juju a little more on the outside than they have. Mm-hmm. You got to start setting yourself up for down the road. Maybe yeah. get Claypool some snaps in the slot. Yeah, move some things around, and he's probably ready for that at that point. But yeah. I think Claypool's potentially special. I don't think Juju can be special. Yeah. It's 63. Carabell takes RB27, James Conner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, but you can't even start him week one. No. And then he's got to stay healthy. Uh, I think there's other backup running backs I'd be in the market for, but that's an ugly neighborhood in the running back. Room. It absolutely is. 60, no one's taking quarterback two yet, by the way. 64 is RB28. That's Javante Williams. I'll do him before Connor. Yeah. He, Melvin Gordon didn't even go. I think both the Denver guys ahead of Connor. 65, we finally get the QB2. This is the seventh round. Josh Allen goes to Matthew Berry. A lot of people have Kyler, too. I've seen Rodgers, too. I've seen Lamar, too. Allen's as good a bet as any. At 66, Stefania Bell takes QB3, Lamar Jackson. I wonder if there's a run after the second one goes. I might take Dak over some of those guys too. Yeah, I mean you could just wait and take Dak. It's a ten-team yeah. league. You're going to get league, yeah. right. whoever quarterback ten is is pretty good. Could it, yeah, you could get it's Herbert or yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Sixty-seven is uh, wide receiver thirty goes to Sop DJ Chark. 
I'm in on Chark. I, I kind of thought he got the short end of the stick last year. 68. Dop takes Brandon Ayuk. Yes. Six, I take it's Ayuk over Samuel. 69. Walter takes Leonard Fournette. That's RB29. I was wondering who the first buck would be. Is it Jones? Is it Fournette? Geo makes things messy there, too. Yeah. 70. Last pick of the seventh round. Bowen takes Debo Samuel. That's wide receiver That's 32. Not far off of Ayuk. Yeah. They're good players. He doubles down at the receiver position. At 71, he takes Chase Claypool. I like that. All three sealer receivers in the top 33. Mm-hmm. But Deontay, rightfully, well ahead of the other two. Yeah. 72. Walter takes Trey Sermon. Hmm. Ahead of Mostert? Yeah, that's a little rich. That's maybe putting the cart before the horse. 73. Dopp takes James Robinson. That's late. That's I'll good take value. Robinson, yeah. Especially if ATN's lining up a receiver a lot. Right. I'll take Robinson that late, yeah. 74. Sop takes Tyler Boyd. Solid. I mean, yeah, you know what that's going to be. PPR. Yeah. Yeah. 75. Bell takes LaVisca Chenault. I don't think he's good for PPR. I don't think he's going to be, no. No. I mean, I think he's a good football player and could do good things for them, but I think ATN hurts LaVisca. I think he does, too. Yeah. Especially if they're already lining him up in the slot. and Who's the jet sweep guy? I'm not sure now. Yeah. used to know. 76, Barry takes Michael Carter as RB32. Hmm. I'm in on that. Are you? Yeah. My favorite guy that hasn't been mentioned yet is Zach Moss. I've been picking him up cheap in dynasty leagues. I think he's going to be clearly the number one back on a good offense. Yeah, I think so too. But are they going to use him? Yeah. Uh, they will if they give him big money this offseason. Mm-hmm. But I think Carter's the Jets back to him for yeah. sure. Uh, at 77, Yates takes David Johnson. That's not bad. Not, not horrible. No. At 78, Carabell takes T. Higgins. I mean, you could start David Johnson. Yeah. You're not thrilled about it, but T. Higgins is a good player, too. Yeah. 79, Clay takes Kyler Murray. That's QB4. Sure. And he could be QB2, really. Yeah. At 80, Cockcroft takes Dak Prescott as QB5. Yeah. Uh, I think they're probably the top five. Yeah. I'm trying to think who I'd even take six. Uh, at round nine. Cockcroft takes Curtis Samuel at 81. I don't know that he's as good for fantasy as people think. He doesn't get that many touches. No. He's not a high-volume receiver, and he doesn't carry the ball as, much, as often as people think. This one's interesting. This is probably who I would—we we talked about this position, the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 82, Clay takes his wide, uh, tight end seven, Logan Thomas. I think the additions there hurt him a little bit. A little bit, but— I, I think his highest— he was over 100 targets last year, which is a lot for a tight end. I bet that's 85-ish this year. At the 83. But I don't know who my seven would be. Yeah. No, that's I mean, Ant or, yeah. you know. 83, Carabell takes Robbie Anderson. He's better than people think for fantasy, too. Yeah. 84, Yates takes Justin Herbert as QB6. Wow. A little early. 80, over Rodgers. Yeah. You know. 85, Barry takes Raheem Mostert. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the week one starter, and then – then you see. Yeah. And let him let him have a couple of good games, and then you trade him. And then you trade him. <laughs> right, right, right. Because he's going to get hurt, too. Yeah. Uh, at 86, Bell takes Devontae Smith. Yeah. I don't know about the rookie receivers this year. I don't know if I'll own any of them. 87, Sop takes his wide receiver 40, Jarvis Landry. Again, it's, it's like Tyler Boyd. Yeah. It won't hurt you, but he's not going to win you the league. Uh, at 88, Dopp takes RB35, Melvin Gordon. 
That's pretty late. That's good value. I mean, I get that the bloom is off the rose with this guy, but he was good last year, especially there when were some stretches. Yeah. There. I mean, Williams, I think, will end up being the starter before long, but Gordon's kind of like the, the Moster conversation. I'm going to yeah. start him week one Yeah. see what happens. 89, Walter takes RB36, Zach Moss. That's my guy. I think that's the best value. 90, last pick of the ninth round. Bowen takes Russell Wilson. QB seven. QB7. Right. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, round 10, Bowen takes Jerry Judy. Okay. Walter takes... Aaron Rob Aaron Rodgers, yeah, that's QB eight. And Rodgers needs to throw thirty five plus touchdowns, but yeah. he's highly capable, obviously. Ninety three is uh, Dobb takes William Fuller. Wow. Ninety four, Sop takes Damian Harris. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't know that Michael's going to make the team. Nine. Or Michelle's going to make yeah, Michelle, the team. Yeah, Michelle. Yeah, um, um, I kind of like Ramonde Stevenson a little bit. Ninety five, Bell takes Corey Davis. Real quick on the Patriot running back. I read something today I thought was really smart. For fantasy, if you're in on the Patriot running backs, you want Jones to be the starter. You do not want Cam Newton to be the starter if you own Patriot running right. backs. In oh, fantasy. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a night and day difference. If you have a good inclination that Jones, Mac Jones is going to take over, all the bump them all up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Corey Davis goes at, at 95 to Bell. Marquise Brown goes at 96 to Barry. I'll take a chance on him that late. I mean, tight end eight goes to Yates. Noah Fant. Yeah, upside. Yeah, I would think Bridgewater will throw his way too. Uh, Ninety-eight. Carabell takes Jalen Waddle. I don't know how many catches he's. Gonna I get. don't know either. Right. Ninety-nine. Clay takes Michael Gallup. That's fine. Good At a hundred, uh, Cockroft takes Dallas Goddard. I'll take that pick. I mean, that late. I mean, on that. Yeah. Um, now they keep going here, obviously, but. Uh, this, the the main Steelers are off the board. I don't in this kind of draft. Four of them are picked, right? With ten teams, you're not going to see any. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is not going to be on the list. No, he's not um, going to be on the top ten. See if anybody takes the Steelers defense. First defense was taken at 118 by Carabell, the Buccaneers. Hmm, I'm not sure that'd be my first. Um, I take Washington. Round 14, defense number two. Steelers. Cleveland Browns. No. Yeah, I'm not buying on that. That's no. Walter made that move. No, no. Um, Walter's one of their analytics guys. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Steelers would be in the top five for me on defense. The I number mean, the three. The thing I'm looking for is pass rush. The number three defense, Washington. I think Washington okay. might one. Number four defense, the Ravens. No. Where are the sacks coming from? They're good with takeaways, but that's a hard thing to count yeah. on. Yeah. The number five defense was the Steelers. Yeah, I would take them ahead of the Ravens or Browns. And that was uh, Matthew Berry. Good there. work, Matthew. Yeah. Good work. Uh, I didn't say the Rams were high, too. The 49ers were the sixth defense taken. The Rams were the seventh defense taken. I don't know if the Niners are a great defense anymore. They get Bosa back, but, I mean, their, their secondary is a little questionable. Um, looking here at kickers, I don't see – nobody's taking a shot at uh, at the Boz. Is Tucker the first kicker still? Uh, I would assume so. Let's see, kicker number four. Kicker number one, Justin Tucker, the first pick of the 15th round to Cockroft. Yeah, I guess he's reliable. Yeah. But nobody took – yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't have a lot of qualms with that. I mean, uh, I mentioned Zach Moss. There, there's some running backs in that neighborhood I don't hate, you know, that could hit, <laughs> could hit for you. And usually, I mean, remember last year. I don't year, hate them. Yeah. Like eighth-round running backs were awful last year. This year there's at least some that I'm going to take a shot on as my running back three or four. 
and hope I hit and be loaded at that position. But as a rule, I mean, I don't hide these intentions even in the leagues I'm, you know, my money leagues. I'm going to draft running backs like crazy. I'm, I'm not sure what round my first receiver is going to be, but it's going to be pretty late. It might be the fifth round. And I might take three running backs and a tight end before I take a wide receiver. Yeah, I agree. There's just so many. I mean, if I, if I can start DJ Chark and uh, some of the names you mentioned there in like seventh, eighth round, they're going to put points up every week. Yeah. I mean, they're fine. Absolutely. You're not going to take a zero there. No, right. Although you did last year for a couple of those. Chark drove me nuts. Chark was really hard to own Just, last year. Yeah. He's going to be in a lot of people's doghouse, too. He's in mine. The, the, Ryan Matthews was always that guy. Like, yeah. There's a couple of players that once you've owned them, you never own them again. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, any Patriots running back. was. Yeah. A, yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, that's going to do it for the segment, though. <laughs> that's going to do it for the fantasy football focus. Uh, for my partner, Matt Williamson. For Jacob Breck here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.